This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast. I need to tell you a story. <laughs> so um, I yesterday was getting ready to leave my house. It was like, okay, well, I need to back up and tell you the beginning of the story, which is that our house is like, we live in like an older home. It's like a duplex and it's, you know, it's old wiring. And they've done a lot for it, you know, it's doing okay, but like there's little glitches, okay? One of those glitches being I know full and well that I am not supposed to run the air fryer and the espresso machine at the same time. They're on the same breaker, and if I use them at the same time, it will flip that breaker. Here's the problem, though, is that that's exactly what I want to do. Every time. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to put something in the air fryer to cook for breakfast this particular day. It was a Trader Joe's hash brown and it was delicious. But I wanted to put it in there and make it breakfast. And then the perfect multitasking activity while it's cooking is to make myself an espresso beverage and then cook my little egg that I'm going to put on the side. And like that will take the exact amount of time that it will take for the hash brown to cook in the air fryer. And the problem with that, obviously, is that it flips the breaker. So yesterday I did that. I forgot. And I flipped the breaker. So I had to go downstairs, you know, flip it back and fix it. And then I, that all was, should have been well and good. Okay. The problem is that around 1045, I go to therapy at 11. I go to leave my house to go to therapy and our garage door will not open. Not only will it not open, like, I think it must be my remote. It's like, no, the power is completely out to the garage door, meaning like I'm full on trapped in my house. Like my car is trapped inside. It's not one of those doors that you can like open manually because like on your own. Um, it's definitely like, oh, we rely on electricity in this situation. And then it turns out it also like somehow the power's off in my bedroom and somehow they're connected, but none of the breakers are flipped. I tried flipping on and flipping off again. It was a whole journey. I ended up not being able to leave my house and ha- I did therapy, you know, virtually, which was fine. But I, I am like, I don't know if any other sevens feel this way, but the sensation of being trapped isn't just for emotional pain for me. Like the idea of like not being able to leave my house is 
so triggering to my nervous system. It's like my body is like, no, like I can't be here. And the reality is that it was perfectly fine for me to work from home. Totally okay to do therapy online. I wasn't in desperate need to go anywhere. I wasn't able to go to the gym. But that's like the only thing I really missed out on. You know, everything else was fine. I had like a cozy, lovely work day at home. But I was like pressed. And I get this way in so many areas. Like I I feel like I can't sit in the window seat on an airplane because I can't stand the sensation of being trapped. I don't like to sit in the middle. Like if I'm going to a movie theater, I'm not going to sit in the middle of the row. I'm going to sit on the end seat. Like I, I'm so curious if any other sevens feel this way. Like I cannot put myself in a position where I do not have like the full freedom to like physically exit the scenario. So it was a little bit triggering for me. <laughs> triggering is a strong word. Um, I didn't like it. And my eventually it turns out it was just like our house has these like certain kind of um, outlets that have a kind of a breaker switch in them. And the one in our bedroom flipped and turned off the power to like that whole side of the house, which is crazy that it can even do that. But I think it's better than, you know, like fire hazards, I guess. <laughs> but we got my car out all as well. And I was able to drive to the office today. Thank goodness. But that was, that was a interesting moment to be like, I can't get my car out of this house. Like we, I'm here. I'm stuck here. But today on the podcast, we are talking about routines as an act of self-care. But first, I want to address the elephant in the room that and routines are boring. Okay, let's let's just be honest about it. Routines are not fun things to talk about. <laughs> like, I mean, they are for me because I'm a freak, but like routines in general are just kind of like no one wants them. Everyone's like, I don't want them. I don't want to implement them. Or maybe they're related to shame in our minds. Like, okay, I've tried to implement routines, but like something about me is so bad that like I can't sustain them. And so like it just makes me feel bad about myself. And so what I want to talk about today is like how do we do routines in a way that is nourishing and actually provide self-care instead of like a thing and just another thing we can fail at another thing that can like tell us how much we're not doing right and so um with that in mind I want to make first my case for routine so this is me trying to sell you on routines and really get you on the same page as me like you were on board to do this so the, the first one is that structure allows for freedom Okay, so having a sense of structure and a sense of kind of parameters allows us a space to more easily show up authentically as we are and have a much more ability to do what we want. A lot of times I, in my life, like I've written myself out of the ability to have freedom because I didn't create structure for myself. I didn't have any sense of routine or parameters. And I would find myself exhausted, overworked. I would say yes to like way too many things. I would say yes to way too many like impulses that I had. And then I would find myself constantly stressed out, constantly rushing, constantly trying to keep up and feeling really limited by my life because I had put so, I didn't have any 
sort of structure allowing me to set myself free. So that's number one. It that the more structure you have, oh, I don't know if the more structure you have is accurate, but adding some structure gives you a container to be much more fluid inside of instead of like everything just kind of being gushed out everywhere and feeling like constantly playing catch up. Number two is decision fatigue. If you haven't heard of decision fatigue, it's essentially the idea that every decision you make is depleting you. (laughs) It's taking from your ability to make decisions in the future. And as you make the decision, the quality of those decisions go down. So if we are putting our self-care in the hands of our whims, then our decision, the likelihood of us making the decisions that we need for ourselves go down. And if you think about it in terms of the Enneagram and you think about, okay, I operate on this like certain path as my type, like on autopilot, my type does X, Y, or Z, right? And I let's just run through the types real quick. Like on autopilot ones, you are going to overdo it, right? You're going to think that nothing is ever good enough. There's always more to improve. You, you struggle to see like how much you've already done. So you're going to overdo it. Twos on autopilot, you're going to over-sacrifice. Threes on autopilot, you're also going to overdo it, but you're going to overdo it in a different way. You're not necessarily going to be like obsessed with perfecting, but there's always like a new accomplishment to be achieved. And there's never time to rest when there's always something you could be winning at. Type fours on autopilot, y'all are like sensual beings, right? Like you are like living in your living in your feelings and on autopilot, like you will, you're likely to have a lot of things you want to do, but then not create the structure and the time to actually make those things happen. Um, So on autopilot, you kind of live in this frustrated state of, I want to be a writer, but I don't make time to write. Fives on autopilot, you are likely to self-isolate, you're likely to over-research, not put yourself out there enough, not claim your place as an expert. Type six on autopilot, you're likely to kind of defer to the needs of other people, defer to the preferences of other people, the strong, confident opinions of other people. Type sevens, when we're on autopilot, we are everywhere at once, somehow doing everything at once, trying to do and be and experience every single thing and exhausting ourselves in the process, but thinking that we're living our best lives while we're actually not making progress on the things that we want to be doing. Type eights on autopilot, you were like pushing through, you're powering up, you're like trying to get the most done in the best possible way and you're kind of over you're consuming responsibilities like a lint roller, you know, and then type nines on autopilot, you know, you tend to struggle with prioritization. You are like going to prioritize like what's cozy, what's comfortable. How can I, you know, avoid discomfort, avoid things that are new or unsettling, avoid the risk of not doing it well or not knowing where to start. So when we're on autopilot, right, we are making all these decisions and we're likely to kind of operate out of the specific place that may not be serving us all the time. 
And so I think sometimes, you know, what we hear when people are like, I don't want to do routines, but I do want to do self-care is we get the idea of like a self-care menu where it's like, okay, you have an idea. Here are all the things I could do today to take care of myself. And when I wake up, I'm just going to like choose a thing here or there. I love this for you. I fully support this, but I want to encourage you to have something that's consistent for some season of time so that you cannot have to make a decision every day about how you care for yourself. Because the concept of like, I'm going to wake up every day and choose myself over and over and over again without making that a habit or a routine is a little bit unlikely, you know? Like, And I think we can tag the self-care menu onto something that is on autopilot, right? Like maybe when you make your coffee or your matcha in the morning, you look at your self-care menu and you pick one thing you're going to do. And that is a habit or a routine, right? But just like, I'm going to have this menu and I'll look at it when I look at it. That's not going to really work as well as having some sort of structure to flow inside of. I really encourage you to have something in your life that's just kind of routine structure so that you're not having to make decisions on every single act of self-care that you do. Like sometimes the self-care just needs to be integrated in a fluid way so that you're not having to choose it actively because that may not come as naturally to us as we think. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When I found the Enneagram, it was like this moment where everything I'd ever done in my life all of a sudden became clear. I understood myself in new ways. I recognized the things that were driving behavior that didn't really make sense to me. And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. You're like what type seven looked like for me when I was in college is completely different than what it looks like now. What I feel like I need to focus on now looks so different than what I think I'll I'll feel like in three years from now. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. There's nothing like having a guide to walk you through the process of understanding yourself and figuring out how that impacts your life in the real world. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I personally go to therapy every single week. I don't know what I would do without it. I can't imagine ever not going. Even when life is well, it means so much to have someone just to be there for you, to listen to you, to validate your experience, and to challenge you toward growth. I don't think Enneagram work is as rich as it can be unless you have the support of a licensed therapist. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash egram today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash egram. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. 
Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Number three is we train our brains on a schedule. Like, that's just how it works. We build these habits and these routines. Our brains kind of build these, this sensation of like, okay, at this time I wake up, at this time I go to sleep. At this, you know, when these things happen, I prepare to work. Like we train our brain on what does a schedule look like and how do I show up? So when we live off schedule, our brain has to work harder to do the things that we have to do each day because it's not prepared. Um, It's not been trained properly. It's like if you have a dog and you're trying to train, not, not that we're dogs, but we are animals. Okay. Let's be honest. We're animals. So when we're training a dog, we if we walk it at any time of day, if we feed it at any time of day, if we don't have any expectations for it and we just say, like, show up, do what you want, that's going to be not great training, right? I think we can all agree, like, that's not great training. So if we want to train our brains, we need to agree on a schedule. And I'm not saying, okay, that schedule has to stay the same for the rest of your life. We'll get into that in a minute. But more so, give your brain the best chance it has to be a good partner to you. Be a good partner to your brain by giving it some sort of consistency so that it can work less hard on these like basic self-care activities and can give you more of the energy on the things you really want it to give you energy on. Maybe your creative projects, maybe your patience, maybe your ability to like show up for the people in your life, your like listening skills, like give it the best chance it has to support you instead of kind of depleting it at every turn by not giving it anything to count on, like no sense of like, I can take a break here and not work as hard. Which brings me to stress relief. That's the fourth case for routines is that it alleviates stress, especially if you're keeping your routines consistent but loose like I I am definitely guilty of like over structuring my life to a stressful degree I think some of us can all experience that you know I think there's a healthy middle ground to to everything but, but to this specifically where it's like okay no structure at all is not working for us over structuring our lives to the degree that we like are suffocating we can bring it toward the middle where it's like I'm creating some sort of structure for myself that I can play inside of And that's going to offer you a ton of stress relief because our brains are most comfortable in situations that are predictable, meaning even if your routine isn't directly intended for self-care, it can still offer your mind respite, which is self-care, right? So even if my, all of my routines that I'm creating for myself are centered around like physical well-being or even like work-related things, I'm still offering my brain a, a break by being a little bit predictable, just going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day, just having a sense of like when I'm going to eat breakfast or that I will eat breakfast or, um, you know, like we've talked before about my work startup routine. It's like, okay, every day at 
you know, when I start work, I have tea, I write my to-do list, I turn on Pomodoro video, and then we're ready to go. It's like my brain knows what to expect and it's comforting and it's relaxing and it lets my brain do half the work. I don't know if that's the technical percentage, but it does let your brain do less work. And when we think about ourselves as animals, the other thing is when things are unknown, when we're entering into every day, like it's the wild, wild west, anything could happen. Our brains are on high alert, right? They have to look for threats. They have to be aware of like what could possibly throw us off. And when we have a predictable routine, we can turn that part of our brain off a little bit. Like it can trust that, okay, I know what's going to happen next. I trust that everything's going to be okay. This is a relatively predictable experience. And therefore I don't have to like amp myself up just in case something were to happen that surprises me and fight for my life. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the second. So that's my case for routines. Hopefully I've gotten you on board now that this is something that's good for us, something that we need. And now I'm going to throw you, throw you to the other end and say why we need to change our routines up. And I want to say that I think you can have routines and change them up regularly. I don't think you have to pick one or the other. I don't think a routine is only something that you do for years and years on end. In fact, the downside of routines is that they can really get you into this rut where you're kind of stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. And maybe you're like, Often it can cause you to become complacent or miss out on exciting new opportunities. So I encourage you, actually, um, for those of you who are like, I did this routine and I stuck to it for like three months and it was great for those three months, but then I just quit doing it or it quit working for me. I just want to tell you like that's 100% normal. Routines are not traditionally In my experience, I've not really met anyone who is like, I've had their same routines for 30 years and I feel like I'm living my very best life. I think there's a balance that we have to find for ourselves between I'm creating some structure for myself in this season so that my body and my mind know what to expect. And I'm checking in on a regular basis on, is this working for me? How is this feeling on my body? Do I need this today? Um, am I feeling constricted? Am I missing out on exciting new experiences because I'm so comfortable in my routine? So it's important to create a routine, but also to be willing to change it up your habits in order to have more, breathe more life, breathe more growth in. So we're looking for this like middle place before between I have something that I'm expect, like some container that I'm flowing in. And I'm 100% in charge of when these routines shift and change. That being said, I wanted to run through some routine tips for your Enneagram type. So I've compiled a list of my favorite tips for building and switching up routines and have assigned them to Enneagram types. (laughs) Now, the thing to keep in mind here is that... um, hopefully they're all useful for all of us. I don't think that like the one I give to type one is only for type ones. I really believe we can all benefit from all of them. I just think it's fun as an Enneagram podcast to 
give them to certain Enneagram types. So we're going to play with that. So for type one, I said, don't have an all or nothing mentality around routine. So you're not failing if you take a Tuesday off and you can just jump right back in on Wednesday. It's not kind of like this sense of I either have to do it every single day consistently or I should just toss it all out the window. Really and allow yourself to have some off days, have some off weeks, and then just kind of get back on the ship if that's what you want or need to do. Type two, prioritize your routines and then communicate with the loved ones in your life that they are a priority. So a lot of times when I used to do one-on-one coaching, which spoiler alert, we're going to start doing some more of soon, um, but doing one-on-one coaching, working with a lot of twos, I get this, often get this response of like, well, how am I going to take the time to do that? How am I going to take the time to take care of myself? And often I'm like, you need to tell someone, (laughs) like you need to communicate with the people in your life that this is something that's important to you and that you're going to have to do it and they're going to have to help you to do it. Um, Whether that's, you know, taking care of the kids or, you know, having time away from the people who expect you to always be around or always be available, just communicate. Like, I'm not going to be available during this time because I have these things I need for myself. And if you're afraid that you're going to lose connection with people who love you or those people aren't going to like you anymore, then one, those are, if they really do, which I highly doubt, (laughs) they're not the people for you. But number two, it's an opportunity for you to show yourself the love that you're afraid you know, you won't have from other people. Type three, make sure that rest is part of your routine, right? Include rest into your routine. If that's a day where you completely rest, hours where you completely rest, prioritize it, set a goal for it, make it measurable so that you will actually do it. Number four, type four, Um, creating a loose structure can really work for you. If you find that you grow resentful of having like way too much structure, maybe it's as simple as having like a morning routine and an evening routine, or even just a work startup routine, a work closeout routine, something like that. Something looser than, you know, rigid all days scheduled out, all weeks scheduled out. They may, that may not work for your mind, but what could work is, okay, I'm going to show up and practice my art or whatever it is I'm trying to get better at for 30 minutes every day. And doesn't matter what time of day, I'm just going to show up at that time. Or maybe you wake up and go to bed at the same time every day. Something loose that you can kind of flow inside. Type five, make sure you communicate. So I'm giving you similar advice to type two, but a a different way. (laughs) Um, Communicate so that you're not kind of prioritizing your own energy over the needs of the household or over the needs of the people in your life. So make sure you're communicating so that you can leave well and you can take care of yourself well without neglecting other things. And then you can do it guilt-free. Then the people in your life aren't feeling frustrated when you step away. Now, if you're like, okay, Sarah I already do that. That's rude of you to say. (laughs) I know some of you are probably feeling that way because you're like already doing it. The other thing to keep in mind is kind of be flexible with your energy. You know, sometimes fives are often on the side of like they build routines for themselves and it can be hard to flow, can kind of overstructure. So pay attention to, can I loosen some of this routine up so that I have a little bit more fluidity? Type six, um, for you, I would encourage you to mix it up. Check in every quarter, every week, every month, and just 
ask yourself if, if it's working for you. Is this still giving you life? Is there something new that you should bring in, something new that you should try? Type seven, keep in mind that routines do offer you more freedom when they are done well. Um, Instead of seeing them as like shackles and constraints, see them instead as containers that you can play inside of and let yourself actually have more ease, more freedom, more opportunity because you are managing your energy well. Type eight, you know, keep it loose. (laughs) So you don't have to rebel against yourself. You know, I think type eights don't want anyone to tell them what to do, even themselves. And so sometimes they can even like rebel against their own self-care. And so just make sure that you're listening to yourself, you're keeping it loose, you're keeping it light so that you don't feel overly controlled even by your own routines. And then you can, you know, let yourself enjoy it as self-care versus restriction. And then type nine, just remember that building a habit takes time. So type nines are really good at maintaining habits, but sometimes can struggle to build new ones. People love to claim like a specific amount of days that it takes to build a habit, you know, like 28, 66 a year, but there's not really like a clear window of time that it takes to build a habit, but it does take time. It takes consistent repetitive action, which means you're going to need to like decide what habit you want to build and just kind of start to build it on purpose. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to feel unnatural. But then once it's built, you're going to have an easy time sustaining it because that's never been your problem, right? So just recognize that the act of building a routine is uncomfortable, but maintaining the routine is easy. So once you want start to do it, you know, just kind of embrace the discomfort. So friends, I hope that this feels supportive. If you have questions about routine building or any other creative personal growth or self-care Enneagram questions, do not hesitate to text or call them in to 828-338-9127. And that number is always linked in the show notes for you as well. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you Friday for the next episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.